Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. When in need of a list, you go to Q and J. Cause you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me's? I, I was trying to make it rhyme more with J right. than me does. You've got a friend today. Yeah, that's way better than but what I said. What I, what I was, you got a friend in Mays. <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a friend, maybe. <laughs> you've got a friend, nay. <laughs> nay. I like, nay. I also like how you like wagged your finger. Well, that's part of it. You got to Randy nay. Newman wag your finger when you do it. Or, okay. <laughs> Speaking this of friends, is the worst Pixar song. it's the best. It's the best Pixar song. It's the only Pixar song. I don't know if you know this. It's already been optioned to be made into a motion picture. <laughs> the it... story of how we came up with this song. Oh, good, good, yeah. good, good. It's going to be animated and okay. it's going to be made by Pixar. Is it really? What's it, it going to be called? It's called How We Made Up This Song About Pixar the Q&J High Five the Podcast Story. I was really hoping you were going to say it was called Fatatouille. <laughs> I'm going to high-five you on that. High-five! High-five! Should we high-five? High-five! 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 High-five, son! Woo! High-five! Don't let me hang it. I like that you made a hand symbol for balls. I know. It was like, like I was fondling. You're like, and you did the fingers, the, which no one can see. I love how visual we are in an audio medium. That's You're doing your fingers like this, everybody. Like I'm doing that Jay, you can see right now. Jay, for first-time listeners, that is and always will be an important part of our show. We are very visual. We're bringing the visual to the audio. You know, Q, I would prefer for this episode if you would not use my alter ego name. I wish you would use my superhero name because... I want to stay above board. You know my superhero alter ego, Captain Codpiece. Well, that's you altered it, but that's fine. <laughs> what was it? What was? Were it you originally? worried that you couldn't say <laughs> Captain Cockpiece on the on the episode? You can. Oh, I can. It's a podcast. Okay, Captain... it's an explicit podcast. All right, Captain Cockpiece, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's I, it. Uh, I, I I would like it, and uh, and then also I would prefer to use your superhero name, Monsieur Man Musk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah great that's perfect. it perfect when now but see now everybody knows so as part of the superhero name relocation act, act. yeah that's it um we have to go in hiding oh okay thanks well, let's let's go by our other names then well who are okay. you q and i'm jay yes okay we'll and stick this with is that just, this is just a mild-mannered podcast perfect and nothing else <laughs> this, is, this is a very mild the thing about it you can tell because when you look at the podcast it's wearing glasses. That's true. Yeah. We it's take super, them off. Super mild-mannered. We take them off. You're getting full cock piece <laughs> and man muscle. And man muscle all day long. No, not man muscle. Oh, man muscle. Musk. Oh, musk. Musk. Got it's it. I kind of like Monsieur, man muscle better. No, Monsieur Man Musk. <laughs> Got it. That's what I was going Got it. for there. Elon Man Musk. Got you it. You know what? I think people who listen to the show for the first time this episode are going to be very surprised. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say, I thought people who are listening for the first time are no longer listening. Oh, I, I, first one, I, when you said that, I thought you were going to be like people who listen for the first time were like, oh my God, he's Captain Cockpiece? I never knew it. That's crazy. I knew there was a guy running around my neighborhood in the middle of the night in Speedos with a cock piece on. 
yelling, I'm Captain Cockpiece at the top of his lungs. A.K.A. Jay from High Five the Podcast. Which is how I introduce myself to people. I'm, Hi, I'm Captain Cockpiece, A.K.A. Jay from High Five the Podcast. Yep. I'm very bad at secrets. <laughs> Would you like to know things? Good. Good. I also have some nuclear codes if you'd be interested in those. So let's tell people, speaking of knowing things, let's tell our first-time listeners who managed to make it through that intro. By the way, you've made it. You passed the test. That's the opening of every episode. You can now know. It's the same opening yeah, every time. It's that exact three minutes. Um, you can now know what the show is about. Week to week, you can join us with a fresh new movie and television-related topic, which we will talk at length and ad nauseum about, and then we will end it with your brand-new definitive list of said topic. There's only one source for the most accurate, most no. informed, most up-to-date opinions that you should have. <laughs> That's, uh, and it's Fox News. <laughs> or, but also, high, high five, five the, the podcast. podcast. And so that way, the next time you're talking with a friend and say, hey, what's your top five favorite fill-in-the-blank? We've Guess already what? given it to you. We've given it to you, and you can just vomit it all over them. Or you can just reflux or if, it back. Or if you want to Cyrano de Bergerac yourself... You can just stop talking and just play the end of an episode. <laughs> episode. Yep. I I am very impressed that you pulled out a Cyrano reference right there. <laughs> every episode. Welcome to High Five the Podcast. We're pulling in Latin fables every single every week. Every right. week. Grecian. Roman? French? Mexican. Got it. Speaking of Mexican, Coco. Oh, that is good. Ties into Pixar. It does. Not which like is our Mexican topic for Coco today? like a drink. But no. like the movie. Speaking of drinks, should we make our show announcement? Oh, we should. That okay. was a perfect segue that I meant to do 100%. Great. The, I, see, you set me up for those. I knock and them right back to you. Down. And we're going to go right at, hey, guys, we got some show news for you. And this is actually pretty exciting. We hinted at it, what, last week or the week before? No, uh -huh. two weeks two ago. Weeks ago. Uh, we hinted at this, that we are bringing back High Five the Game Night. Bingo. Bingo. We have partnered with a local cidery. Did you know that cidery is a thing? Not until I heard about it. Well, they made the first one in Nashville. I love it. And you know what they're called? Diskin Cidery. Wait, did you say? Yeah, that's exactly oh. what I said. Did you hear Diskin? I, I, I did. Because that's what I said and nothing that's, else. That's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like anything else. Diskin. Diskin Cider. Diskin Cider. Diskin Cidery. Diskin. Uh, but it's located in Nashville, and they have decided to partner with us to bring back Bingo because they knew that people were just drooling for it. They were clamoring. They were begging and pleading. They got a bigger space. They got a lot of alcohol. So much cider. They got so much cider. You're not going to know they what to do with food. yourself. They got food. They got food. They got, and they got other us. booze other than cider. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. And they got High Five Guys talking about Jeff Goldblum. So Thursday, June 28th, Jeff Goldblum bingo at Disc Insider. It's free. There's prizes. It's Goldblum themed. It's Goldblum teamed. And we're Goldblum reamed. <laughs> Ew. Uh, so Thursday, June 28th, which is a week from the Thursday before that. Correct. Be there or be dumb and play Jeff Goldblum bingo with the high five guys. Do it. All right. Peer pressure. So we're back, man. I have missed you. I have missed you. Yeah. I've missed just staring across this table, looking into deep my luscious eyes. into your your beautiful sock piece. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was it. That's the one. Uh <laughs> You were gone. I missed you. I you was. were gone for an entire week. I missed you. I missed you as well. Now, what I will say is um, while I was away, it it wasn't as bad as some might think. Now, what I will say, the most confusing part of it was that Jason uh, Marsden had me blindfolded mm. and was making me read his emails. So I didn't get a lot of the context. Does Jason Marsden know how emails work? He doesn't. I He, he would Got actually, it. he said, I'm going to play him. But then he would just like tap on the table with his Got knuckles. It. Got and it. And I'd be like, oh, is this a positive review of I Feel Pretty? He's like, I don't know. You tell me. And I was like, well, I have a blindfold on. And then he would just smack me with a cold turkey. Ugh. And, and it, that was that was pretty much a couple days. Rough. Um, and then after that, you I headed actually, to Malta. Yeah, I flew out to Malta. 
And how was how was you know fundraising for you know, the flopping hats flopping hats foundation? You know the flopping hats foundation was good. Honestly, what we really got there, what we found a need for, is we actually started raising money for this as a disease. Right. Oh, um, perfect. And so that's Great. really what we were there for. Did you get um, to take a lot of pictures with kangaroo penguins? I did. I did. Um, they're very mean. Are actually. they? So the thing about kangaroo penguins is I'm actually on the side of now genociding them. Got it. So After, kill all of the kangaroo yeah. penguins. So uh, we raise money for people who hear background music, mm. um, and we've actually raised enough money. Hashtag this is, this a, is disease. a disease. Uh, we've raised enough money now where we can give people uh, emotional earplugs mm. to help with that. Got it. Uh, and we're just kind of traveling the world letting them know. Uh, but, yeah, when we ran into the kangaroo penguins, they were they were just the worst. Yeah. The worst. And, but – so basically what you're saying is you're going to go ahead and let the flopping hats of Malta just wipe them out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's because originally you went there, there to try and save them from flopping hats. But now you're like, you know no. what? No, <laughs> you don't deserve it. No, they don't. And turns, get out of here. Turns out they look amazing in floppy hats. What? Yeah. Changes their whole personality. Wow. Yeah. So it's a good thing. One of them started a bakery. Really? <laughs> Who knew? Who They knew? called it Malta Malts. Oh, was it delicious? No. Did you have any? No, it's no. bad. It's mainly just dirt and feces. But you know what? <laughs> the effort was there. Got it. Gross. Um, yeah, it was. It was disgusting. So, did you <laughs> while you were overseas? I assume that's in in right. another. It's overseas somewhere. Sure. Um, did you watch anything? Uh, actually, actually, yeah. We I was able to. Uh, we were on vacation, and I was able to catch up with a couple movies, which made me really happy. And I want to tell you about this because I haven't told you what we did. Yet. Perfect. So the whole time we were on vacation, we were with some family, mm. and family was like, "Oh, well, we'll watch, you know, the baby, and you guys can go out to a movie, catch sure. up on some stuff." And that never happened. Of course, as most vacations go, we got busy. Sure. That never happens because so nobody wants to watch. A baby. We got we got back into town on Monday. Uh huh. And then me and A went and saw a movie by ourselves at noon. Uh huh. And then convinced my <laughs> convinced my family to come over and babysit so we could go see another movie at night. Oh man, did you go see Hereditary? No, that uh, was on the docket, got but it. timing didn't work. We saw Deadpool two and Incredibles two. Oh great! We saw two sequels. Perfect. Two sequels I enjoyed very Both much. Both superhero sequels. Superhero sequels that I enjoyed very much. Uh, Deadpool two. Was awesome. It was awesome. It was so great. Yeah. It was so great. I was I was glad that you deadened the uh, the enthusiasm for mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But when you told me that you liked it as much or better than the first one, uh-huh. I have to agree with you. Yeah. Uh, and without ruining Most people any, do have to agree with me. Without ruining anything about the movie, because there are spoilers uh, throughout that I think would ruin stuff, the X-Force bit might have been my favorite superhero thing that's happened in any Ever. Movie. It's Ever. so funny. And the way that they played the X-Force bit in not only the marketing, but in the movie was, is amazing. Was, was amazing. And then to your point, the character that they kept secret, I don't know how they pulled that off. <laughs> I don't know. That's one of the most impressive things about the whole marketing bit is that that somehow stayed a secret the and whole time. And then you're just like, what? And that character's still around at the end. Yeah. Because he's climbing out of the pool. Right. And you're just like... I get. Okay. I thought it was the best representation of that character. So oh, one hundred percent. I so, think I think they fixed it. I I was super super happy that we got to knock both of those out. Hereditary is next on my list, followed by um, Sorry to Bother You. Got it. Those are the two that I want to see more than anything. So you and I then in that case had something in common. Oh, did we? We both watched Incredibles too. Oh, so you saw it? Oh, did you see anything else? I watched Popeye and nice. talked about it, which I really enjoyed. All last by the week, way. if anybody wants to hear, go check out last week's episode. Which is a good, you know, even though I wasn't on it, guys, I actually will promote it. I think it's you, fine. You and H did great. It's I, fine. I thought I thought it was fun that you got to introduce that movie to somebody. Totally, and that she appreciated it on any level at all as an adult. For sure, is impressive. Well, anyone should because it is right. an amazing. It, movie. I I agree. I, I I've always loved that movie uh, for similar reasons as you, as it was just always around when I was growing up. Sure. And so I, I was happy to hear that discussion. But you saw Incredibles 2 I did. as well. And that is is kind of once I found out that you saw Incredibles, it's kind of what led me to want to talk about Pixar. Yeah. Now, we've talked about Pixar in the past, I think, in general terms. Yeah, we talked about kind of, yes, very general. We talked about the world building mm-hmm. that they do a little bit. 
They uh, we talked about the theory of the shared Pixar universe, yeah. and then like DreamWorks versus Pixar and kind mm-hmm. of their histories. But this time, I kind of want to deep dive into Pixar Disney yeah. as a whole, and kind of like who they've become, what we think about um, the products that they're putting out, right? Um, and namely, they've kind of become a sequel company. Well, I actually went in back. In a lot of ways. I went back and actually looked at this. So they've had 20 films. Uh-huh. Exactly 20 with the release of Incredibles 2. The first 10, I don't think, had any sequels. Or maybe they just had two, two or three. Well, there were Toy very, Story 2. That's right. There were very few sequels. But in the second batch of 10, I think six or seven of them have been sequels. Are sequels. Which is a little... A little disheartening, but then again, some of the quality of those sequels is pretty good. Sure. Then some of them are really bad. Right. So it, it, there's a balance. I do I do find myself gravitating to their unique stories more than uh, their sequels. Well, absolutely. So let's, Except for uh, this particular instance because of my love of The Incredibles. Well, first. let's open it with The Incredibles. Let's yeah. talk about what we thought about that movie. Okay. So. Well, actually, before we start there, uh-huh. I want your, your impression of the short beforehand oh the dumpling the by i think it was by uh-huh, uh-huh. is how it's pronounced i thought it was real cute i, it was real I liked cute. it it was sweet it was sad i didn't so okay for the pixar shorts sometimes i feel like they're super like meaningful like mm-hmm. um what was that one was it called it was not fi- oh feast feast the one with the dog yes i love that's probably is, one of great. my favorites this one i thought the message was a little weird Kind of muddied. I didn't understand the parallel between the dumpling child and the child child. Yeah. It thought- almost, the way I read it was almost that she was looking back at how she treated her son with regret. Like she regretted trying to keep him as, like, trying to protect him and overbear him because it got to a point where, you know, she ate the dumpling, but she ruined the relationship. Right. And then he showed back up at the end. And they can repair the relationship. I, I, that's how I read it, at least. I don't know if it's the right way to sure, read it. Sure, yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of like, because I thought the end had a really emotional, mm-hmm. like, you know, satisfying end with the son coming home and right. then just kind of sitting and eating the snacks together. Making the dumplings mm-hmm. together. Yeah, I loved all that. I I guess f- this was a good one, but this is by far not my favorite no. Pixar short. No, no, I, I liked the... The animation I, was great, though. The animation was fantastic. I thought... I, I still think Feast might be my favorite one. Yeah, I think or, Feast is my favorite. And I don't even know if this is a Pixar short, but do you remember the one that was called, like, Paper? It was about paper airplanes? Yeah. And it was done in that different Absolutely. style? It was, it was like, 2D animation. Yeah, I really loved that That was one. a great one. That one was really Agreed cool. about... It's like a love story, mm-hmm. and it's two people, like, sending paper airplanes yeah. to each other And then or one like gets that. lost, and yeah. it travels all over the yeah, place. Yeah, 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 that yeah. one I liked because the animation style was different. Totally. So. But, okay. So that that's out of the way. Okay. We can dive into The Incredibles 2, or just Incredibles 2. Or, as I, I like guess. to call it, Incredibles the redo. The, yeah, Incredibles also. Right. Um. So, I mean, I guess overall, I, I'm getting a meh vibe from yeah. you. Or, Did your screening open with like a weird intro the by apology? like the cast and they're yeah. apologizing for like how long it how took? long it took? It did. And they were like, but it took 14 years because we wanted to make sure you got the best product possible. And I was like, at the end, I was like, mm, really? Maybe. Did we? Maybe. Okay, here's the deal. So I'll just give you my succinct interpretation. Go for it. In just a quick, quick little download. Uh the movie was beautiful. It was artistically incredibly well done, well thought out. Um, I thought the design of that world, I love the Incredibles the world weird like just, 60s, but yes. also current hybrid. The mod 60s they view. And that's all Brad Bird. I love that he, he just adores super, that style. Super duper into that. The story was where I had a problem. And that was a real problem for me because I love the story of the Mm -hmm. first Incredibles. I thought it was a good family drama mixed with the superhero kind of shtick. Yeah. This one basically aped the first one in a lot of ways. Exactly. It just gender swapped a lot of the story. Instead of Mr. Incredible, the father of the family, running off and pursuing dreams of being a superhero again and being aided by someone who may or may not be the bad guy. Right. 
it was the mom, Elastigirl, who this time had left Mr. Incredible to right. hang out with the family, and she went off and chased dreams of becoming a superhero again um, with the aid of someone who may or right. may not be the bad guy. And within the first few minutes that those new characters are introduced, the people who may or may not be the bad guy. Oh, oh, yeah. I was like, one of these people is going to be the bad oh, of guy. Course. Like, it was so yeah. telegraphed. And so to have them act in the third act as if, ooh, that's a reveal was kind of like, I'm not that dumb. Like, I right. I knew this was happening. And I went to go see it with both of my daughters, who are 9 and 11. So not, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were like, well, you're an adult and blah, You've blah, blah. movies. They said the same thing. They yeah. were just like, what? Like, okay, we already knew that that was going that right. direction. Right, of course you're the bad guy. Yeah. And then the other real story p- problem that I had, outside of just aping the first movie and having a predictable villain was the fact that, and my nine-year-old daughter turned to me in the middle of the movie, what they do to save people at the end, which is breaking these hypnoglasses, right? The kids could have done about 30 minutes before when they were fighting these bad guys instead of waiting until the end when it was more dramatically important to have right. them break the glasses. Well, like, did the kids know to break the glasses? Yes. They did at that they time. They did because they earlier. saw That's right. They saw Frozone get the, That's the right. goggles they on could... at the house. And, and honestly, they immediately were like, "Did you see them put those goggles on him? Like that must be the how yeah. they're controlling people." All... And Dash could have done it in a in a heartbeat. It could have been over. Especially with no, no, the knowledge of in the first movie he put that tack. And so she on the leaned over. Seat. Yeah, she leaned over to me in the movie and she goes, "They could have like stopped them a long time ago. Like why is this still?" And I was like, "You know what? You're right. It's like I feel true. like that's just lazy writing. They're it's just true. It's con- it's plot convenient, yeah. so they won't, you right. know? So all that was kind of weird. Um so I was just disappointed because I thought if we're going to wait 14 years for right. a story, which and is I, the longest gap between an original and a sequel. And I know that, that people are probably like, well, yeah, the other sequels retread stories too. finding Dory was basically finding Nemo, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't no. like it was a different story. The and, title sounds similar, but right. it's a very different story. And I mean, it did hit some of the same beats. It was a, sure. It they're was in the ocean. There's still fish. Hold on. It was basically the child searching for the parents as opposed to the parent searching for the child. Right. So, in essence, you can say that that's a reversal of the story. Yeah, sure. But the reason... And I'm not arguing with it. I loved Finding Dory. Oh, yeah. I'm saying that did it better. Right. You can t- still have the same retread of a similar story, but you can do it in an emotionally connecting and emotionally thought out way. I, would agree I with feel that. like the Incredibles did not. Like I feel like they just kind of went this is good enough. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I So that was my feeling. No, no, and that I was much less succinct as I thought it would I be. I will I will mirror some of that. I think I enjoyed it probably a little bit more than you did um because quite frankly, I had a lot of fun. Sure. Like it is a fun movie and it is bright and it is well-paced. Um, and I'll start with my compliments because that's what you did. I think it is the most beautiful movie Pixar has done. I think the the, the technical achievement behind it sure. is just great. Sure. Um, I think that Brad Bird, more than almost any other animation director that I know of, can do an amazing action sequence. I totally agree. I think some of the sequences in the first movie, and especially... And I'll even name one in particular in this film. The scene where Elastigirl is first riding her bike and stopping the monorail. The, the way that the bike detaches and she's flipping around and she can spin up the, the the back of the bike up onto buildings. I thought that whole sequence was just masterfully orchestrated. 100% absolutely agreed. I thought the voice cast, as I've always thought this voice cast was one of the strongest. Like Craig T. Nelson as Bob Parr. Um, it's Helen, not it's Helen Hunt, isn't it? Um, no, no, it is. Um, uh, well, shit. Now I, I keep said, Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter, thank you. I was close. I was like, uh, I know her name. Holly Hunter, I think is is fantastic. I like that they got the the same the woman who did Violet to come back. Obviously, had to get a new dash because he's not fourteen anymore. Sure, but I, I I liked all of those aspects. 
I like that they kept the world building that they started in the first movie Agreed. with the other superheroes, and I liked how they picked up. I didn't love the other superheroes that they I, had I, in this movie. I will they say, felt a little too goofy. Reflux is my man. I Reflux liked, was good. Reflux was, but I will great. say I thought Brick was kind of weird. Brick is is dumb because he's just like a Hulk and strong guy. Crush is kind of silly. I felt like they did a better job with the other superheroes from the original. Like oh, when like they would Gazer Beam, right? When they would mention things. them because they yeah. seemed more. I'll tell you what the original kind of made me feel like a little more Watchmen esque. Yes. Instead of being like over the top goofy caricatures, they were kind of like sly, yep, clever plays on existing comic book characters. Yeah. Where this felt more like what looks funny and is gonna sound yeah. funny when they say it. I will say the two that I thought were were good, they nailed and they could have kept were Void and Reflux. Yeah. Because Void's power with the portals was, was cool. cool. It's like it was like playing Portal. I wish I was playing Portal. One hundred percent agreed. On. And then I just liked Reflux. I thought his little uh, gastrointestinal like gastrointestinal issue or superpower. You decide. Agreed. Very funny. Um, having said all that, I think the weakest element of this movie, especially on looking back on it, is the plot points that you just outlined that you talked about. I think. The movie thought it was a lot more clever than it actually was. And I said that to A as we were leaving. Because the way they framed it is, oh my goodness, the bad guy is the bad guy and there are screens in the mask? It's like, yeah, of course that's how that happened. Like, right. The whole movie has been like billboarding that this is what's going to happen. Right. And it was the same for me. Is within seconds of the characters being introduced... You're I was like, like oh, oh, he's a bad guy. Right. Or I was like, they're both bad guys. And then I started to think, oh, one of them's probably a misdirection. It's probably that person is the bad guy. Oh, I was right. You know, right. It's, it's kind of that type of thing. And that's kind of what I almost yeah. wish they wouldn't have done that intro at the beginning and be like, we took 14 years yeah. because we wanted like, the best played story. played it up a little bit. Like, don't do that. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe, maybe just hold off. The other part of this that I thought that I keep coming back to, and I think this is the biggest sticking point for me for this movie, is there were so many elements of a better movie within it that they just didn't finish. For instance, the socio-gender roles. Oh, for sure. The fact that Bob, you know, has an issue and has a jealousy and about, you know, Helen going off and doing her stuff is valid and very ripe for drama and story. Definitely. And none of that's really... It, it's explored, but it's not pertinent. Absolutely. Because the agreed. fact that him coming to terms with how to be a good father doesn't help the plot at all is a problem. You know? For sure. There's also the whole, you know, the screen slaver bad guy is this whole idea of, you know, us being addicted to our our screens and how dangerous that could be. But then that theme isn't really explored because it's just the mechanism that they use and it's not really – it doesn't matter. It's not like the parents have to save the kids from a screen addiction right. or, or something like that. And then on the flip side of that, there's also this kind of underlying current of art versus consumerism mm -hmm. of like, oh, well, this is you know a superpower. This is something I've manifested and now everyone has these screens and no one's watching art and every, it's all consumerism. But he didn't go far with that either. It just they had all these really deep themes that were littered throughout the movie that none of them applied to the plot. None of them made a difference in the third act conclusion. And all of them were better themes than the themes that were landed on. Right. Which were no themes, just fun. Agreed. And again, I'm all about fun. I had a shit ton of fun watching this movie and I walked out being like, "Yeah, I'm glad I saw that." But it's not it's not redefining what Pixar is capable of. Sure. Like, in my opinion, the first one did. Sure. And I will say that uh, 
honestly, my favorite part of this entire movie was Jack Jack. And the raccoon? And the raccoon. This could have just been Jack Jack the movie for yeah. me, and I would have been totally fine well, with that. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the first one, and it's not even part of the first one, is the side movie they released called Jack Jack Attack. Right. That's about what's happening with him and the babysitter. Totally. I love that short. Well, that one, that one was also weird, too, because they played... They played this movie as if that short doesn't exist. Because in that movie, they find out that this kid has powers. Not in the first movie. No, in that short In that film. short they do? And in this movie, they play that. like, oh, he has powers? Yeah. Crazy. I will say the whole Jack-Jack stuff I thought was great. That I oh, thought totally. His, his fight with the raccoon, I laughed the most For at, sure. that, at that part. Um, everything else I thought just looked great yeah the visually it was a really good really well done movie well i mean why do you think pixar is like banking so hard on sequels because i mean now they're talking about toy story 4 i feel like that's a disney thing man yeah i feel like that's an ax an acquisition problem i yeah. feel like they as creatives when they were on their own the first i bet if you kind of trace the timeline those first 10 years those first 10 movies were released when they were not acquired by Disney. Well, and, uh, and according to the story or the legend, if you will, um, is, you know, Lasseter and his team sat around a table and sketched out like six of those stories in the first meeting. Like Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Dory. There were a bunch of those that were all like seedlings given in a, like right. the first table read like a table meeting right between like the pixar the people that would become pixar and so then i feel like the house of mouse kind of came along and went hey people love right. these movies let's give them more right you know what i mean um that's the obvious option that's what we're doing you know, that's, every what, other we, movie that's what we that's what we do we're disney we yeah. exploit things until we, we can't we make a universe longer. and we live in it until you stop giving us money right and so I feel like, you know, the Pixar guys, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, demonize Disney and raise up the Pixar people as heroes because they went along with it and they're fine with it. But I feel like they were like, okay, yeah, we can come up with creative stories within right. these worlds that we've already built. But I, th I feel like kind of the original stuff kind of went by the wayside. And the original stuff they did put out kind of went, like... Yeah. The Good Dinosaur. That's what oh, I'll throw out. That that one for me is so down at that the bottom. That movie is so forgettable. <clears throat> and that's that's the thing about it. I'm I'm not even confident enough to say that it's bad. Right. Because I know I've seen it. I think I've seen it twice, and I couldn't tell you a single thing that happens in it except that he blows in the ground and gophers pop up. Right. At one point. Right. So I feel like that. Um, now I will say though that within the last what I would consider five years, I think their original movies have been great. Like okay. Inside Out, I thought I, it was good. I, I love Inside. I, I didn't think it's love so it. Smart. I was definitely on that side of of like didn't love it. Really felt like it could have gone farther. That one for me, I think, is one of the smartest ones they've done. Just like psychologically, sure. I think like a whole college psych class could be built around that movie. And then I also love Coco. I did love Coco. I thought Coco. Coco was amazing. I loved Coco. I talked about it before on a previous episode. I loved Coco. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I thought one thing that was interesting about Coco, and especially now that the Disney animation studio is doing their things, like you've got your Wreck-It Ralphs and you've got your Frozens and you've got your Zootopias, some of those, they feel so much like Pixar movies that if you think, oh, well, let, just name all the Pixar movies that you've seen, I would bet that you know, it's like, oh, well, Tangled, and they would throw right. those People in People would lump those in. And a lot of the, the Disney ones are based around musicals. So Tangled, Frozen, Moana, musicals. Sure. Coco sort of like rides that line. Rides that line because it is. There are original songs, sure, and there are musical elements to it. They won an Oscar for best original song, sure. But every bit of singing and dancing and music in the story is within a musical context, right? So it's not like people breaking Break out, out into, into song. song. It's they're performing a song on purpose, sure. So that one to me is, I think, the most mixed of the 
Pixar v. Disney Animation Studio. Oh, yeah. I think that's the one that shows the most crossover. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, I mean, I was about to say Up, but that was a long time ago. I loved Up. Uh, Up is really good. I will say that Up's first quarter of the movie is better than the last two-thirds of the movie. Agreed. The the first half is so emotionally just beautiful and devastating. Yeah. Great. Agreed. Um, Brave is on there. Brave mm-hmm. was a Pixar movie. I often think of that as a Disney animation studio. It's not one. though. It's totally I know. Pixar, and it's fine. It's 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 technically impressive. It's be- It's another one that's right. very beautiful. But the story is fine. It's fine. What always stood out for me with Pixar movies was the was the story. Yeah, that's what it's always been about. And so when they have technically beautiful movies that the stories are fine on for me, it's kind of disappointing yeah. because it's like, I look to Pixar for those interesting emotional takes on things that right. you wouldn't think about. Like with toy story, we'll go back to one of the first, the first, no, I believe, first I believe bugs life came first, right? No toy story. Came toy first. story was the first, then bugs life. Yeah. Toy story okay. is the first fully animated feature film. Okay. Okay, or, or sorry. Computer animation. Jeez, you looked at me like you're about to chop my head off. Well, no, I was just. That's... I apologize. Okay, yeah. you're right. Because uh, well, I'm looking. Out, I'm, I'm gonna look at a timeline now. Yeah, Bugs Life came out three years after Toy Story. Um. So okay, yeah, yeah. But with um, Toy Story, the the idea or the concept of toys coming to life when people are away, it has been done before. Oh, of course. Um, it was, there was a big Jim Henson, um, series called secret life of toys. Yep. Um, that was basically the same concept. Anytime a human would leave the room, all of the toys would come to life and then they'd have to like scatter to get back into the positions they were in. So that, that concept is similar. Very, very (laughs) similar. That concept is well known, but they put, an emotional weight to it that mm-hmm. had never really been afforded. What does it mean to be a toy? What right. does it mean to be emotionally responsible for a child's upbringing? Sure. You know what I mean? What is the responsibility that rests on their shoulders as this kid's creative outlet? Right. And those kind of things, I was like, damn, that's a, that's like a weighty concept mm-hmm. for just a watch these toys come to life movie. Well, you know what I mean? That And that to me is always what's been, I think the what Pixar has been able to do really well because the thing about animated feature films the ones that are the that are good that stand the test of time have that emotional undercurrent to it sure so you you'll have like the Don Bluth movies I think they were the early pioneers of not even early but you know some really great pioneers in sure this your market. American tale you got your American tales um like five the five movies are heartbreaking like they can sure be. you've got uh and i know it's not don bluth but like iron giant yeah i thought brad bird yeah exactly before you know before pixar came along like iron giant was like oh well there's an emote there's a movie i'll cry at like sure there's an animated movie i'll cry at so when pixar came along and they were able to take what in the mid 90s had become just a bunch of hey let's make tom and jerry into a full-length cartoon or, right hey let's make you know scooby-doo into a live-action cartoon kind of thing when most people were doing those types of things pixar came along was like all right we're going to take animation we're going to do computer animation but we're going to add this emotional level to it that resonates with anybody who watches oh absolutely and i think they really nailed that and you know with bugs life feeling like an outsider um they they do those sorts of lonerism type stories really really well for sure Um, and i i mean i do i remember when when Toy Story came out and I remember seeing it in the theater and just being blown away by how good it was. Like the story, the acting, the big names attached to it, how repeatable it was. Um, it just, it was one of those that sort of opened my eyes to what animated movies could be and what they could do. Oh, definitely. And that's, and that's kind of what I'm saying is Pixar was always known to me as like, well, if I want just a really good, emotional story mixed mm. with the lightheartedness of kids fair right pixar was it yeah. for me that's what i wanted to see a bug's life talking about 
you know, being true to yourself despite being, you know, ousted by your peers and standing up to being bullied. And, you know, they dealt with heavy themes, but they dealt with it in heavy ways. You know what I mean? Like life or death situations. Um, So that was really interesting. Um, Even Toy Story 2, that was another one that was really heartbreaking because that one dealt with uh, loss of of a toy in a way that the first one hadn't. Right what happens when a toy gets separated from its owner and then is basically forced to live in isolation? Right. What happens? What happens to that toy? And you're like, wow, that's a, that's a heady thing to put on a toy. And then you've got, um, monsters Inc, Mm -hmm. which is another really great movie. I love, but, but that also deals with, you know, fear of, of what you don't understand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And also it's like the whole movie is this really funny, light hearted critique on xenophobia. It really is. And it you really know what I mean? is. It's like, oh, they got through. Right. You know? And then scrub Boo, yourself. Boo gets through and they're like, lock her up, lock her up. Right. And so then you've got um, and it also deals with kind of the bureau, the bureaucracy angle of like who stands to benefit from keeping Right. You know, a a group of people yeah. marginalized. You know what I mean? And you're like, damn, that's a fucking heavy concept. Yeah. And then you even go into like uh finding Nemo and you're dealing with loss and memory loss and physical loss. Right. And the thing about finding Nemo, and this is one of the things that I think Pixar does almost better than any movie studio, and I'll put that out there. Sure. Is they can make scenes that have so much emotional punch and oomph to them that it's almost spellbinding. So like we've mentioned it before, but like the first five minutes of up, there's no dialogue and I'm almost crying every time I watch it. It's sure heartbreaking, but finding Dory is very, very similar as you have Marlon and his wife uh, finding Nemo, finding Nemo. Sorry. Uh, Marlon and his wife, you have all those eggs and then that and the barracuda, barracuda comes up and then Marlon gets knocked out. Talk about loss. Talk about death. He just lost like 87 kids and his wife. Yep. And then all he's got left is the one damaged egg. Yeah. And it, and that sets the stage for an emotionally resonant story. And him being an overprotective parent yep. and trying to learn sense. how to deal with not wanting to let go because he's yeah. scared of, of loss and how that affected him in the first place. And then I'll add this in, and, and I will stand by this whether or not anyone else agrees with it. I think that... It, 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 for all our talk of sequels, I think Toy Story 3 has the most emotionally impactful scene of any Pixar movie. Sure. You mean the one where they're going to kill all of the toys? Yes. Yeah. That that scene of them, when they reach out and hold each other's hands and accept their inevitable I fate. I wept in the theater. Yeah. Now, to- I'm not going to say Toy Story 3 is the best Pixar movie. It's not. It's it's good. It is very good. But that one scene, I Whew. think, is the most emotionally impactful thing that they've ever done. Agreed. Not to say that anything else is diminished because of that, but that one is so gut-wrenchingly powerful for me yep. that even thinking about it, I'm getting a little teary-eyed. Well, that got me, and I will tell you, too, another one that just gut-punched me and I also wept at was Finding Dory. When when she shells? Yes. And her That's parents so are good. there. What? And then they have the replay and they're telling about how they have for years been leaving these shell trails. And then and it I was zooms just up and it's just this spread accordion. out just all over the ocean and you're just like, oh my God, they never stopped looking for <laughs> yeah. her and trying to help her find her way home. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it was so affecting. It really was. I have the same... It's not as strong, which is why it's not on that list, but the very last bit in Coco, like the whole last like two minutes of Coco, when uh, Miguel is singing Remember Me to Mama Coco, oh, and it man. brings her out of that like, totally. amnesia, and then the next scene of the next year at Dias de Muertes, where all the ghosts and all the family are dancing around the pavilion. Like those two or three minutes of that movie are crazy powerful, but especially him singing to Mama Coco. Agreed. 100%. Absolutely. It's like, you guys may not even make like great movies, 
I mean, you do make great movies, but they're not all just like Academy Award winners. But there's always like one or two things, even in Incredibles 2. And I'll point this out. I thought the scene where Bob Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, was openly talking about his fears of being a parent to Violet on the couch. I oh, thought that yeah. was great. Absolutely. And it was real. It was, and it and was that's raw. that's what I love about The Incredibles most of all is the realism that Brad Bird mixes into the super world. But when he's sitting there, he's like, all I want to do is just be a good dad. And he's like slumped over and she hugs and him. And defeated. It's like, wow, that was really good, guys. Like, come on, do more of that. Like, that's that's the movie I wanted to see. It was those types of themes that I was like, if the whole movie was this, oh, we're golden. For sure. We're golden. But it wasn't. It wasn't. And so let's, so we've talked about the good of Pixar. Let's talk about the bad of Pixar. Is it John Lasseter? Is he the bad of Pixar? He is a bad of Pixar. Not for much longer. Man, that guy, as of December, he's out. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, John Lasseter has been brought to task for his uh, historic trend of creepy creepy behavior creepy behavior um some people will say that he got swept up in the me too movement we on high five the podcast would say he probably got his just desserts for being a creep for 25 years absolutely uh does it make me sad because do i think he's a creative force within pixar for good yeah Am I happy that he's being held accountable for being a creep to the women who've worked with him for yeah. 25 years? You bet your ass I am. Exactly. So I'm fine with it. Like, and now we've got Pete Docter, mm-hmm. who's well-known to Pixar fans, and Jennifer Lee, who mm-hmm. directed Frozen. Right. Stepping up, and they will be heading up Disney's animation and Pixar studios. Which now. I actually like, because Frozen was a great original story. that they It wasn't a sequel. You know, it was an adaptation of a fairy tale, sure, but you put the person who brought that to life in charge of getting some new stories around Pixar, I'm happy with that. You And then you add in the Monsters, Inc. guy, even better. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And so um, I I feel like the studio is going to be in good hands sure, moving I mean, forward. I, I, I think that it has been, even months ago when the Laster story came to light, pardon me um when the last story came to light and he like stepped away i was upset to find out that someone i had respected was had had been a creep sure but i wasn't like oh god pixar's ruined it was just kind of like well that sucks for him but the studio is an engine at this point exactly it's not like it's one person leaving is not going to crumble it to the ground they probably have five scripts in the works right now and are like doing post-production on whatever movie is going to come out in a year and a half. Absolutely. Which is probably the good dinosaur too. The gooder dinosaur. The gooder dinosaur? The betterer? The betterer dinosaur? Yeah. Um, But overall, I feel like the Disney merger, because now Mm. that we're kind of talking about who's going to be heading these up, um, the Disney merger was kind of where... Pixar started to get watered down, I feel like, around that time frame. Corporate. It made them like part of someone else's engine. So we, instead of having, you know, several years in between pumping out, or I don't even want to say pumping out, put releasing these really well thought out, really... Crafting these artistic ventures. uh, We've kind of gotten, have we gotten a Pixar movie every year? Just about. I mean, because this one, Incredibles 2 is this year. We got Coco. Coco was last year. Um, Finding Dory was 2016. Um, then we we had uh, oh, Inside, Inside Out, Out was, was 2015. So I feel like we've been kind of putting out Cars 3 was also no. last year, wasn't it? When was Let me look that up. When was Cars 3? Um, um, but oh, I feel it's right like, here. It's uh, and not Coco good. was Coco was this year. Yeah. You said, "Oh, it's right here." It's that not, was not good. good. Yeah, it's 2017 for both Coco and Cars Three is what's being claimed. Um, so I feel like they've just been kind of pumping out movies mm-hmm. now and kind of taking the whole uh, let's just put out product and right. whatever sticks sticks. Well, I mean, which is a Disney thing. I mean, think back to the different ages of Disney. Like during the 80s, it was like about a movie every year. In the 90s, it was like Pocahontas and Little Mermaid and Lion King and The Hunchback of Notre Dame or Notre Dame. Like that's what Disney 
does. They find a pattern that works and then they just start pumping. Then they exploit the yeah. shit out of then it. Then they exploit the shit out of it. Right. Like that's exactly how they I mean, now, now they've found a pattern in adapting animated movies yeah. into live action yeah. movies, and now they're just gonna go back through their catalog yeah. and remake every one. Honestly, I give it six years of that. No, I give it six years before it's announced that they're gonna do a live action Toy Story. Ooh. But does that even what would be the point of that? I don't know what would be the point of doing a live action Jungle Book, I mean, where all the animals are animated and the uh, whole thing is CGI. I don't know. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like, the point is they have the property, and it's been twenty. 30 years and since it was made originally yeah let's re-release it totally and have uh you know i don't know benedict cumberbatch's nephew play andy right sure i, and I get we'll, it and then we'll just like make a marionette come to life for for woody and buzz i mean it's that's where that's where we're heading because of these types of things gotcha um i i'm not thrilled by it but i do think that's what's happening so what you're saying is when we get to our list um Cars 2 and Cars 3 are going to be very high. Very high. Monsters University. <laughs> Have you seen Monsters University? It's like I was pledging. It's like I was pledging heaven. <laughs> it's a ridiculous joke, it but is. I loved it. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, the sequel train has definitely derailed Pixar a couple times. Well, and what was so bummy about that is that Toy Story 2 was real good. It was. Like, the first time they did a sequel, I was like, oh, shit, Pixar knows how to do sequels. Let's do this. And then Cars 2 came out, and I killed four people. Because it's like, this is terrible. <laughs> what is... are we doing? Like, I'm going to I want to kick a bunny. <gasps> oh. <gasps> Wait. You, you know what time it is? I've been gone so long, I've forgotten. You've forgotten? It's Marsden Minute time, Jay. Ah! 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 Marsden! Ah! Marsden Minute. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm having flashbacks. This Got is it. my Jacob's ladder, but it's Marsden's ladder. Got it. Ah! I said Marsden. <laughs> ah, I said it again. Jason Marsden. In a minute. Jason Marsden. In a minute. Jason Marsden. In a minute. Jason Marsden. Dashing, daring, courageous and caring, faithful and friendly, with stories to share. So, speaking yeah. of what what perfectly ties in, are you aware that at one point in his lifetime? Jason Marsden <laughs> was a toy. I did know that. I actually read that on his Wikipedia page, mm -hmm. and if you go there this very instant, I assure you it won't be there because it's been edited out. But when I added it in there the first time, mm. it said that Jason Marsden's like family lineage mm -hmm. was Mattel. Toys. Yeah, Mattel toys. Mm -hmm. Not like he's part of the Mattel family. No, no, no. He was a Mattel toy Correct. that came to life. Right. He was loved and nurtured by a family, the yep. Marsdens. Ah! <laughs> and then he, yeah, he had an illustrious career. Jason, Jason Marsden, human toy. <laughs> human toy. Human uh, living toy. One of our favorite playthings for sure. Oh my goodness. If I had him in my room every night, <laughs> oh, I don't even want, I don't even want to tell you what I'd do. To infinity and beyond. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. Send your refuse of I feel pretty to Mar Jason Marsden. Also, don't forget pictures of your hair. <laughs> yes. And and now send him pictures of your favorite toy that you think looks like him. Yep. So that's at Jason Marsden on Twitter. Send your hair, your reviews of I feel pretty, and toys you think that look like him. Yep. Send them on Twitter, please. He's gonna. Hate us. Eventually. He's gonna love it. He is. He is. He's gonna All right. It. Send send Jason Marsden pictures of your toys and your hair. All right. So bad movies by Pixar. Um. So good we dinosaur. were talking good dinosaur. We were talking Cars two, Cars three. See, I didn't hate Cars three. If I'm being honest, no. I didn't think it was great. Sure. But I didn't hate it. Cars two, I hated. It's nearly unwatchable. Um. But here's here's my thought on Cars three. Okay. If Cars 3 had been Cars 2 and that had ended the franchise... Then it would have been... I'd have been really okay. happy. Yeah. That's I, totally fair. Because think about it. The arc of that story is the first movie. You know, Lightning McQueen is this big boisterous guy. He has to come to terms with his reality. And then the second movie would be him coming to terms with his 
you know, eventual age and retirement. That's a great arc. I don't need them to be secret agents in the middle. You know? Right. Give me... I think those two movies together could have been just a good Pixar duo sequel. I'm not saying it's going to be the best or, you know, make it in any top list of Pixar movies, but if that second Cars didn't exist, Cars 3 wouldn't be as maligned as it is. That's my true belief. I think that that's a totally fair assessment. 100%. Because... You're right. Cars 3 wasn't a miserable watching experience. It's pretty. Yep. It looks really good. Absolutely. The voice cast, they fit back into their roles pretty well. Sure. Everybody gets a little bit of lip service, and it makes sense with the story from the first one. Sure. Is it grand and, like, a a trickery ride that is surprising you at every turn? No. Is the story kind of lazy and predictable? You bet. But... Is it an abysmal abomination like the second one? Absolutely not. So that's kind of where I land on the third. And I think the third one gets a bad rap just because of the Cars franchise. But I don't think it's abysmal. I don't think it's terrible. Like, I wouldn't say it's a bad Pixar movie. I would say it's a meh. It's a Pixar meh. Yeah. It's It's a Pixar meh. So, well, since we're talking types of movies and kind of how we would list them why don't we just list you want to just do it like we talked about coming up with a top five pixar yeah let's do it uh, i know you and i differ on some so we're probably going to have a push and pull a little bit which is fine i think that's probably smart there are 20 of these movies not everybody's going to agree on all agreed um so yeah let's just let's just do it so let's give everyone their new definitive list this is your new pixar movies that's it these are the top five definitive pixar movies movies films so i would do you have any that just definitely have to be on there uh, absolutely i have i'm gonna couple. throw one at number one okay already we'll just throw it out there go for it my number one i feel like has to be toy story okay my my favorite is incredibles that okay. one has to be in the top five well totally i'm actually fine with toy story being really really high do you think it's the best or do you think it's just i feel the like most it started meaningful? it started mm-hmm. pixar it was the first one that showed what that medium can really right. do when applied i feel like it resonates the most when you think pixar you think toy story like That's i true. feel like it's that, syno- that big it's been, ball that yeah. yellow ball with the red star i on feel it. like it's kind of become synonymous with who pixar is mm-hmm. so i feel like justifiably it earns its number one spot it it kind of is the represent or representation yeah. of pixar and if we're talking all facets of the movie like i could make an argument that there are others that on a story level or on a you know, just a construct a straight up construction level sure. are better films sure i could make that argument about a couple but i think if we're looking at this in the prism of importance to pixar and the history of computer animated cinema I'm fine with with Toy Story being number one. Definitely. The other two, that was one of the ones that I was going to demand to be in the top five. The other two that I'm going to be pretty strong about is Incredibles and WALL-E. We've rarely touched on WALL-E. Sure. And I think it's kind of a masterpiece. I feel like WALL-E is good. I don't know that it's going to be top five. Really? Yeah. Incredibles, definitely. Definitely. But I feel like there's other movies that that are up there for me. Um, I would say... Monster Zinc is up there for me. Mm, uh, that one's really great. And I would also say that uh, there was another. Oh, Finding Nemo is going to be really up there. I think Finding Nemo is really, 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 really good. Uh, I'm fine with Finding Nemo being in the top five. Sure. What what what's your what's your argument against Wally being in there? I just think that one's a masterpiece. It is a it is a really great movie. I just don't know that it's. I don't know. There's other movies that I go back to time and time mm-hmm. again, and I will rewatch over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Wally for me is just not one of those. Sure, it's a good movie. It's beautiful. It's sad. It is encouraging, but it's not. I think the problem is it's not fun. It's not a fun movie. It, it is a it's definitely not as it is a yeah. statement movie. I can get behind that yeah. and. So therefore, for me, I admire it as the statement, but I don't know that I would put it in the top five as in like, this is what... Now, if we're listing top five and we want like most artistic sure. Pixar film, 
I feel like then, yeah, in that case, it, if we're looking at it in that way, it earns a spot on the top five because I feel like it's the most artistic. It's the movie with the least dialogue. Um, it is primarily, like I said, a statement movie. Sure. Um, it's I got w- the biggest agenda out of all the movies. I would kind of like us, at least for this one, because the Pixar prism is so wide. I would like to try and encapsulate some of those factors in sure. So like obviously the importance of Pixar as a studio, you know, that played a part in the Toy Story one. I think artistic construction and intent and output we should at least factor in. I don't know, I'm not saying it should be the the number 1 factor, but that's why for me I think Wally it could be 5. I think that's a pretty solid argument and I think if we're judging it on that merit I think it would be a solid I think it would be a solid five. I'm fine with it being five. Yeah. So if we have Toy Story at one yep. and Wally at five, we know Incredibles is on here. For I would sure. Push for two. I just think it's so it's unique. It's not an animal story. I would agree with that. I think I think the Incredibles and the family to dynamic. clarify the Incredibles one, not yes. Incredibles two. Yeah, no, even Incredibles, though we're gonna put it at two. Yeah, no, the Incredibles is in place number two. Right, Incredibles two would probably be like. 9, Nine, 10, 11 right. in the whole rank. But I would say, I think that's solid. I'd say Toy Story. I'd say Incredibles. For three, I don't know. It's it's a real hard. I would almost say Finding Nemo. I think Finding Nemo is better than Monsters, Inc. And then I feel like Monsters, Inc. would be four for me. I'm actually okay with that. So now, just to make sure that we haven't forgotten any, we you know you and I both love A Bug's Life. Absolutely. I do love Bug's Life. Do you think? It, for me, that was the toss-up between Wally or A Bug's Life. If it's gonna be between those two, I will push us towards Wally, even though I love Bugs Life. It's and one I, of my favorites. And I understand your I just position on Wally and I think I've, it's better. I, I would agree with that. And then the other one, and we've we've mentioned it, I really love it, but is other Brad Bird's other one, Ratatouille. I liked it, yeah. but it for me that was another one that was just not that memorable. Well, Ratatouille was an interesting one for me because I think that was the first one that they made where it was one of the first ones they made where Pixar was under the Disney umbrella entirely. Sure. I think it was. And I think Brad Bird had a part in that. Um, but I don't remember. I, I really like Ratatouille. I'm okay if it's not in the top five. I just want to make sure that we're not forgetting any. We sometimes have a tendency to just like dive down into what we're excited about and then forget some obvious ones. Like sure. Coco, I would say, would be six or seven. I think Coco is really good. Um, I don't know. Like the, the only other one I would think of even possibly would be up. But the reason that I'm inching that one away is sort of what you said is that I think the first half of that movie is nearly perfect, but I think the last half of it is kind of forgettable. Once they get to the Island and it's the bad guy with the blimp and like, I think his plot, I don't even remember what his plot is. I don't either. I don't remember his reasoning for... Right. I remember there was a talking dog that was really cute. Doug. Doug. I remember, you know, the the Boy Scout and the reasonings behind his, you know, re- relationship with the gruff guy. I remember why he put the balloons on there. I don't remember what that guy's evil plan was, which is why I think the last half of that movie is what knocks it out of the top five. It's can... not as good as a whole. I totally get that. Because Absolutely. I could tell you every plot point in... in all the top five that we've just listed. Sure. I could recount every single Oh, same. Movie. I know those yeah. movies inside out. Backwards and forwards, yeah. And you didn't even you didn't even flinch when I said I said inside out. I, well, I didn't want to bring it that up. It was a joke. It, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just hurt because I love that one so much, but I know it's not getting on the top oh, five. Oh, it's not getting on so the top five. So I would probably, if I were doing my own top five, mm-hmm. might put inside out up there. Mm-hmm. But I know in the definitive list, it, it can't. Can't be. So when you said that, it, it, just just brought, it just brought up those hurt feelings. Did you feel like hate or anger <laughs> no, or I, sadness? I felt more like sadness. Sadness, which is, uh, I felt like joy. You did. You did. <laughs> you felt like Amy Poehler. I felt like a F- Phyllis from The Office. That's true. Yeah. 100%. So uh, so that we, we've got it, I think. Yeah, let's go back through it. So do you, okay, number one, Toy Story. Toy Story. Number two, The Incredibles. Incredibles. Number three, Finding Dory. Finding number Nemo. Four, 
<laughs> that's like the third time you've done that. I know. Well, that's the one that, that E likes. So that's the we watch Finding Dory got all it. the time. Got it, got it. So number three is Finding Nemo. Yep. My, number four is Monsters, Monsters Inc. Dory. And, <laughs> and number, number five is Wally. Wall Dory. <laughs> Wall Dory. Wall Doritos. Yeah. yeah, Wally. I like it. That's a pretty great list. I, it's the, the, the definitive list. So there you go, audience. That America. is your new opinion. That's it. You feel free to use this opinion whenever anyone asks. And when you when you when they ask you where you got it, say you've got a you've got a friend. Yeah, in in us and high five the podcast. And then and then go on iTunes and give us like a five star rating and you we'll know definitely all, that, do all that. that good stuff. Like share the posts and all the things we normally do. And then come play bingo with us. Come play bingo with us, holy crap! We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E T-H-E P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? The ghosts that were hidden in this recording possessing your house? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happened to the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.